Hey guys, welcome to Hacked Off. This time I want to talk to you about cloud security testing. So what I mean by this is penetration testing of systems that are partly or wholly cloud hosted. Now, a lot of organizations are seeing the benefits of cloud hosting and, and thinking about making the jump or have already made the jump and maybe are just a little bit concerned about how cloud alters the way that they should do security testing. I think a lot of you'll be happy that for significant parts of security, it doesn't make so much difference. But let's run through some of the characteristics and we can see where those differences and where things are the same as they always were. So the first thing to consider is the kind of perspective that we'll be doing when we're looking at cloud-hosted systems. Now, this uh, generally doesn't differ between which hosting provider you've decided to go with, but it will differ somewhat based on the model you're using. So whether it's infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, or uh, software as a service, just generally within uh, what aspects are your responsibility and therefore what aspects you should be looking at penetration testing. But in the simplest sense, where you're just hosting a web application or something like that, and you're looking for a similar level of assurance that you would get if you were to have an external web application assessment. So you've got a website, you want some hackers to come and take a look at it and find the uh, software vulnerabilities there. Things won't change so much from that perspective. So it's still just internet hosted and we'll still perform the same level of attacks that we would before, looking at things like the OWASP top 10, can we find web application vulnerabilities? Well, the differences will come in, of course, is whether those attacks are successful or not and the overall impact that certain vulnerabilities can lead to. So I'll talk about that in a second in terms of the specifics of some cloud providers. But the other perspectives uh, that go alongside testing effectively something on the cloud is testing within a cloud environment. So testing the backend systems where you've got a web application that's being hosted but is taking data from a, a, a database or something like that, where those systems and servers aren't necessarily directly reachable, but you might want some assurance there as well. This is actually very similar to a penetration tester testing within a, a DMZ or within a, a hosted environment that you have on-premise. The only difference is, of course, how you give the uh, attacker that perspective. So depending on which provider you're going with, that might be as simple as just VPNing into that environment and the penetration tester can test the backend systems, effectively looking within the firewall, looking for missing patches, default misconfigurations, those kinds of things. So we have testing on the cloud, testing in a cloud environment. And then, of course, the third perspective is the cloud environment's configuration, so testing the console or the portal. That might be a configuration review where we take a look at the way you've set up certain aspects like uh, identity and access management, or it might be looking at certain features that are available to you within the cloud hosting environment that maybe you haven't enabled, so CloudTrail, CloudWatch, those kinds of things. So where are things the same? I mentioned earlier the web application vulnerabilities. Things don't change so much. We're going to use the OWASP top 10. We're going to assess the application through fuzzing in the same way that we did previously. But a, a couple of additions to that would be things like the way that storage works and things like the metadata service within AWS. So storage level vulnerabilities are, are going to be fairly similar. Can we access uh, files, configuration systems, list files that we shouldn't be able to? The difference, of course, is in the way that you configure them. So if you take a look at something like Amazon's AWS with S3 buckets, they, they used to be a fairly common, hopefully these days less common, 
issue where people would set up a storage environment, an S3 bucket or something like that. And then they would say, well, who wants access to this S3 bucket? And they would choose what they contextually thought might have been a sensible option, authenticated users thinking, hey, any of our staff members who are authenticated against this system, we want them to be able to access the files within our storage. Whereas actually, authenticated users meant any user who was logged into AWS, regardless of whether they were logged into your environment or not. So there is differences there in terms of the terminology, using terms like S3 to refer to storage areas within um, OS, when previously we would have just called it storage. And there is differences in the way that the configuration, uh, the way the system is set up, which of course can lead to vulnerabilities, but the vulnerabilities themselves don't change so much. So if you're looking at moving into a cloud environment and discounting questions like uh, which hosting provider should we choose, but just looking at something like, okay, where do we start in terms of um, cloud security? I mentioned the perspectives of testing, but in terms of just the kinds of vulnerabilities that we should be looking at, in addition to the OWASP top 10 that I mentioned, there's actually some guidance that's been released by the NCSC. So that's a really sensible place to start. The NCSC's cloud security guidance covers the things that you should be concerned about if you're making the move over to cloud or if you just want some insurance about the cloud setup that you've got. But if you actually take a look at that guidance, you'll notice that there's a lot of vulnerabilities there that are effectively the same as what we're looking at before. So the cloud security principles, number one, data in transit protection. Well, we've, we've always had that. We've always had the requirement to protect data through things like HTTPS for connecting to web applications and protecting users' data from interception before it reaches your systems, but also protecting that interconnection. If you're only partly cloud-hosted where you have some things on-premise and some things in the cloud environment, protecting, protecting that connection between the two. So you're likely using a VPN, of course, but just making sure that the security there is good as well. Asset protection and resilience. A part of this you could consider in the same way of just, you know, are our services patching correctly? Are we using supported um, systems and those kinds of things? So as you work down this NCSE cloud security guidance, you'll probably find that actually there isn't so much difference in the general theory of the way that these systems are set up. It's just the perspective changes a little bit. Now, in terms of what should we have tested, it really depends on how cloud native you've gone. So if you're just a, a very traditional setup where effectively you were previously on-premise and you've lifted and shifted things over to the cloud and you're running virtual machines in the cloud environment, things probably won't change so much. If you've gone a little bit further and you're using uh, Lambda and those kinds of things, then there's a little bit more complexity. But that's about it. So I just wanted to add to this uh, a few examples of sometimes that cloud has gone wrong. Um, to kind of give you an indication that although cloud isn't so different from traditional computing, there are a few things that can go wrong and have gone wrong previously for organizations. So one of the things that I mentioned was this S3 bucket or, or cloud storage uh, issues. Organizations have previously, and several organizations have done this, where they've, they've made the cloud storage just publicly available where an organization has not necessarily understood the implications of making the bucket world readable or the implications of making it available to authorized users, meaning OS authorized as opposed to company authorized users. There's been several examples there where attackers would be able to go in and, and uh, take source code from applications or take credentials from applications where those are stored in configuration files or where the bucket itself is writable and attacker might be able to alter the source code there as well. And there's examples of that happening in the wild or happening on uh, actual real-world deployed systems. Another issue is losing your keys or effectively um, placing the service keys in an area where they might be accessible. This 
has happened previously where organizations, for example, have committed them to repos, so posting them to GitHub and those kinds of things. And because that's previously happened, there's actually a selection of attackers out there that are now actively looking for that kind of vulnerability. So crawling through GitHub and those things, looking where organizations have previously committed their keys. It's one of those things that I think a lot of people would just presume, oh, we would, we'd never make a mistake like this, but it has happened previously, so it's a thing to be aware of. And another example of where it alters the security, maybe makes a vulnerability somewhat worse than it previously was, is vulnerabilities like server-side request forgery. So this is generally a web application vulnerability where you can make a web server make a request on your behalf. And one of the things that you may be able to do here within an OS environment is access the metadata service. And the metadata service can hold credentials for that system. So where an attacker might have previously just been able to make web requests and the impact contextually might have been quite low, Within an environment where the metadata service is accessible, that can increase the impact of that uh, issue there. So in terms of perspective, things not so different. In terms of the things you should be checking for, things not so different. But yeah, the configuration does change a little bit and it, and it leads to the impact of certain vulnerabilities changing or a few vulnerabilities coming up that maybe we hadn't previously expected. So just a few things for you guys to think about. If you're wanting to make the jump to cloud, if you've heard about all these cost savings that you can make and these system efficiency gains, those kinds of things, but you were concerned about the security, check out the NCSE's guidance, their cloud security principles for a really solid place to start on how to set up a cloud environment securely. And when you're considering the design of your environments, just bear in mind those perspectives of testing effectively on an application that's cloud hosted within a cloud environment and then testing the console itself. So I'd be curious to hear what are your concerns about cloud security? If you've made the jump to cloud and there's some aspect of it that keeps you up at night, we'd be really interested in hearing what your concerns are. So feel free to drop us a message on LinkedIn or check out our Twitter. Let us know what it is that concerns you about cloud security and we can continue the discussion.